Hello to all of our serve team that is in the room and listening to this right now. Love you very much. And uh, just so everyone knows, another reminder, I think you already know this. Uh, there is no Shoreline City without the serve team. It, 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 it can't even exist. And when Jesus even came uh, to the earth, uh, he could have done everything by himself, but he chose to bring leaders closer to him. And then he empowered those leaders to tell other leaders. And then those leaders told other leaders. And that's how the church has continued to move forward. So that's what we're doing here. That's why we're trying to raise up Christ-like leaders who make it on earth as it is in heaven. And everybody who's on the serve team, you are an integral part of this. So this is why we have these leadership times to uh, together. And we're about to have one of our favorite people on the planet who, by the way, who, by the way, has not been eating any bread and drinking sugar, no sugar and processed grains. And he's transforming so he can be the best dad he can possibly be. I'm talking about Cash. No, just kidding. <laughs> but Cash is doing it too. Cash is down like 20-something pounds, man. He's doing great. Saying, I'm going to be strong for my family. But right now, I'm talking about the one and the only pastor, Eric Schoen. Thank y'all. Y'all are the best. Y'all are so kind. <laughs> Love y'all. Uh, it's because my youngest son is 27 pounds, but he like wants to be held all day long. So my back is hurting. I'm like, I got to get... I got to get in shape, y'all. I got to get in shape. Uh, what a special season we're in as a church family. Y'all, we're about to, those listening, right, we're about to move into our new home and headquarters for our Dallas campus. Just moved in to a new building for our Frisco campus. So many things are happening, not just in Dallas, but also in Guatemala and in San Antonio. It's such a beautiful and special season. Um, and I think where we're at right now is going to be very pivotal on how we move into this next space. Uh, it's October, okay, so I'm just going to speak very practically right now, okay? It's October right now, okay? We're about to go in November. Now, I know that sounds like common knowledge, but what November means, that's like move month, okay? That's what that really means, okay? And, you know, moving, you know, it, it's, it's complicated order, you know? Like, it is hard. And then we're going to go into December, and we're not going to be sprinting, and we're going to be going in all, uh, living in all these promises that God has for us. So I want to make sure that we, we treat October right to be prepared for what we're about to go into because I think it's going to be really, really crucial. I'm going to talk about something um, that I think can easily be overlooked because I don't think it's super flashy, okay? Um, it's a little bit like golf, okay? Like um, <laughs> golf, I'm a golfer, okay? We uh, played in a tournament. Shout out to Charlie and uh, Connor. You learn not, you know, if y'all are hearing this, shout out to y'all. We got second place. We should have got first place, okay? We should have got first place. It's tough to beat a pencil, okay? In golf, you keep track and you write down your own scores. I'm not saying they cheated. <laughs> but I'm saying we should have won, okay? I'm saying we should have won. Just kidding. Uh, Arnold Palmer has this quote about golf. He says that golf is deceptively simple, okay, but it's endlessly complicated. And I want to talk about our hearts. Our hearts, keeping a clean heart, it can be like, oh, no, that's easy. That's simple. I think it's deceptively simple. And I think it's endlessly complicated. Because as we're about to go into this next season of our church family, I think this is a spot the enemy will want to attack. Our hearts. 
Uh, Pastor Earl, I use this quote all the time. I, I'm not even giving you credit for it anymore, okay? This is my quote, okay? Uh, right? Spiritual warfare many times reveals itself as relational discomfort. This attack on our heart. And I think, you know, this is a season where I think we need to be very, very wise with how we treat our heart. Now, in our culture, okay, I want to lay a little bit of foundation here. In our culture, whenever you think of heart, you're typically going to think about emotions, okay? You're t- like, oh, you know, in America, it's like heart, that's emotions. Guatemala, I'm, you know, I'm assuming also heart is like just emotions. But in, in the Bible, it means so much more than that, all right? In the Hebrew language, the word heart is actually, um, I'm going to hack this up, but labab, labab. The word heart in Hebrew actually means a person's emotions, spiritual, mental, and physical life. So whenever we read a verse like, keep your heart with all diligence from Proverbs 4.23, for out of it is the character of a person, for out of it flows all the issues of life. He's talking about your emotions, yes, but your spiritual walk. He's talking also about your mental space. He's also talking about your physical life. This word also has this connotation of like your innermost being, like the inner, the, like the inner part of you, the most hidden part of you. This space would be uh, many times thought of in the Hebrew language as like the throne of a man. Like this is like this is like the throne of you. This is like your collective energies. This is your the focus of your personal life. This is um, why whenever the Lord is asking to sit on the throne of your heart, he's actually asking to sit on the core of you. This is your emotions, your spiritual, your mental and your physical life. Okay. But then now whenever you, you fast forward, okay, because, you know, two-thirds of the Bible is written in Hebrew. And then we got that, you know, the, the final third, right? It's written in Greek. Okay, so the word, uh, the Greek word for heart is cardia or cardia or I'm hacking that up too, okay? But K-A-R-D-I-A, okay? Pronounce it how you want to, I'm, okay? This too, though, also means the center of a person, okay? Talking about, uh, once again, about the, um, the, the seat of that, both that spiritual and physical life. Okay, but it's many times referred to or thought of in the with the Greek language to have this sense of like um, this is like the seat of your human thought, your passions, your desires, your appetites. Like, what do you crave? I'm craving sugar, but I'm not doing it right now. You know, your appetites, your affections, like where where does like your affections lean towards? This also speaks towards your purpose, like sense of calling and purpose, destiny. And also your endeavors, like what, what, like what are you hustling at? Like what are you grinding on? Like what, what are you trying for, striving for? Like it speaks to all of these things. I do this and I'm going through all of this um, because also in the Greek, it, it speaks to that, that personal and inner life. I'm seeing all these examples of what it means in the Hebrew, also what it means in the Greek, because I think whenever we talk about guarding your heart, we just think emotions. Yeah. Don't be emotional. That's me guarding my heart. And that's not what the Bible teaches us. Guarding your heart is guarding your emotions, but it's also protecting your spiritual life. This is also protecting your mental life, your physical life, your passions. If you're dating, if you're in a dating relationship right now, how are you protecting your passions, right? Your desires and appetites. Keep all of these things on guard. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, I just, the peace of God, this is not something that you can like, 
uh, no, like just in your own mind. Like this is, I think, something supernatural. The peace of God is something that's supernatural. Like it passes understanding. This shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ. The peace of God will keep your minds and hearts. There are so many, uh, so many scripture verses and so many moments where we hear the Bible saying to us, like, guard your heart, protect it, guard your heart, protect it, guard your mind, your emotions, your will, guard, guard your physical life, your mental life, guard, guard your appetites, your desires, your purpose, your calling, like, guard these things. Now, if you look back in the Old Testament, okay, um, whenever there was a king, there was, they would have to, like, um, guard their kingdom, yeah. right? Yeah. One of the ways that they would do this, and we typically think it's like you would place watchmen on the wall, right? It's like you hear, you've heard these terms, like there would be watchmen on the wall, and they'd be watching and keeping guard. So that means, one, you need a wall, right? So, okay, so you got a guard, you got a wall around the city. Um, you also need the guards, the soldiers on the wall, like watching. Also, you would hear uh, about chariots and horses and warfare in the season of life, whenever the Bible was written to have like chariots, was like a game changer. Like you were like, I'm trying to think what that would be like in nowadays. You know, it's like having like maybe like a stealth bomber, I guess. Like it was like the like tech, like the highest level of technology in warfare was actually to have a chariot. Okay. Um, but there's also something else a king would do to guard his city. And he would set up storehouses of grain and food and reserves. We hear about it in the book of um, in Genesis and in Exodus. We're right with um, the Egyptians whenever they had famine. With that, they were able to go through the famine because they had all these storehouses of grain. But you also you can read uh, with Solomon and First Kings in chapter nine. Uh, it talks about like Solomon literally had like cities of storehouses to protect his kingdom. Hezekiah, at the end of his life, um, in Second Chronicles, they're talking about um, King Hezekiah, and one of the things that they're talking about with him is how he had these vast storehouses, like he had riches and storehouses. This is how you protect a kingdom. So now let's correlate it to your heart, and let's talk a little about like, what are the storehouses of your heart? You can think like, hey, I need a guard and I need to protect, you know, like maybe it's October. Don't watch scary movies, you know, like that can be one way. But what are the store, what are the storehouses of your heart? Okay. So here what I would encourage, this would be what I would encourage you to have a storehouses. Okay. One, the word of God. The word of God. Do you have it just like stored up in you? Like, are you, this is going to be your food whenever you need it. Do you have the word of God in you? Number two. Uh, the joy of the Lord. Hey, man, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Like, like, come on, like, let it, let it be fun. Don't be complicated and make things not fun. Like, if you're going to make it anything, make it be fun. You know, like, I love this about our church family. Like, crack some jokes, you know, be moderately inappropriate, like, in a Christian way. You know, like, this, this also works for your business and for your family. Here's a, don't take yourself, maybe with the joy of the Lord, don't take yourself so serious. You know, realize what we're called to do. We actually can't even do it anyways. You know, there was this story uh, that Miss Judy was telling me from this past Sunday. Uh, Pastor Earl was like, uh, was talking about serve. Like, hey, if you're not on a serve team, we want you to join a serve team. Tech served us uh, 73,000. And there's this husband and wife sitting right there. And the lady was like, like elbowed her husband and was like, hand me my phone. I want to sign up. And he was like, no. He wouldn't do it. And um, so she just kind of sat there. There's, I got a point for this, okay? And then, um, then the salvation moment came right after that. 
And the salvation moment came, and this man who was like, you're not serving to his wife, raised his hand to receive Christ and gave his wife her phone. Okay, only God can do that. Okay, what we're called to do, only God can do. I mean, Pastor Earl brought the message for sure, but like, I, you're great, you're awesome, but you're not that convincing. That's only a work of the Holy Spirit, okay? This is where, like, the joy of the Lord can be our strength. Like, what we're called to do, we can't do anyways. So just have fun with it. Don't take yourself so serious, okay? It's a strength. The other one would be anointing of the Spirit. Do you have the storehouse of anointing? Do you have God's presence with you? Um, something that I feel like God has been challenging me with, me with this year is um, to be strong uh, with him when I don't need him. You know, I, t- I talked about it a little bit ago, you know, like as a leadership principle, but this is just something that he's been doing personally in my life. You know, um, you see it in the Bible with Israel, but you see it, you know, in ourselves. We're like, our prayer life is the best when we need something. But I want my prayer life to be the best whenever I feel like I don't need something, quote, air quote, that, that need, because the reality is, is that I'm always in desperate need of a savior. And it's supposed to be like that. If you ever think you're not in desperate need of a savior, you got to twist it. Like human beings are set up to daily need a savior. Uh, And then the final one I would say here is the uh, the armor of God. Have the armor of God. Have the armor of God. Like shod your feet, like protect your feet with the peace of the gospel, the good news. Like, The reality is we get to tell people that you're not at war with God anymore. And God is not at war with you. There is now peace between you and God. You just have to accept it. Like wear the breastplate of righteousness. Like protect the the most vital organs, the most vital part. Like protect these things and watch over these things. I think as we're going into this next season of our church family, in the October, we're heading into November, and it's like we're about to start running. But then it's like, okay, you know, like we've birth air quote the baby now we have to take care of the baby and that's when it really starts you know all the parents know you know and if you're not a parent you'll know one day um but i think right now can we guard our hearts protect our hearts because because out of it flows everything in life everything in life so father i just pray for our serve team i pray for our staff team i pray for our interns god i'm asking that you would help us by your spirit supernaturally. God, I am praying and asking that Shoreline City would not be known for its gifts and talents, but Father, I pray that we would be known for our purity of heart. I'm asking that we'd be known for our surrender. I'm asking that we'd be known for our anointing. God, I'm asking that we would be known for less of us and more of you, Jesus, with what you're wanting to do in Shoreline. Would it not be about like cool services and tech and great logistics? Lord, we need all of those things. But God, I ask that as people get closer to us, They're more inspired by us, but they're not inspired to us. They're inspired to you, Jesus. May we be a moon and you be the sun. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.